What to do when your faith is weak. What to do when your faith is weak. I believe everyone here tonight will agree with me when I say that faith is essential to the Christian life. You can't get started in the Christian life without faith. The Bible tells us that it's by grace through faith that we are saved. The Bible tells us that we're to walk by faith and not by sight. Romans 5 and 1 tells us that we're justified by faith. And as you study the Word of God, you'll even see that sanctification takes place by faith. Everything that we do as believers, we do by faith. When we pray, we pray in faith. When we worship, we have to worship by faith. When we give, we're to give in faith. So the Christian life is a life of faith. But what happens when your faith grows weak? What happens when you struggle with doubt? What happens when your faith is not what you want it to be or when it's not what it once was in prior times? And you might be here tonight and your faith is not what it once was and your faith might be weak at this point. And you might be thinking that you're the only one that struggles with weak faith, but here's the thing, you're not. You see, this side of heaven, every believer has times when his or her faith is weak. Every believer has times when their faith isn't what they want it to be. Every believer has times when they struggle in their walk with God. We all have seasons and times when our faith grows weak. So what does it mean when our faith is weak? What does weak faith feel like? Well, when I'm weak in faith, it means we can doubt God's forgiveness. When our faith is weak, we're not sure that God loves us. When our faith is weak, we don't believe that God is in control. When faith is weak, we're tempted to pursue sin more than Jesus. When faith is weak, we worry about the future. We lose hope. When faith is weak, we feel discouraged. When faith is weak, we lack spiritual motivation. In other words, we don't want to pray. We don't want to read the Word of God. We don't want to fast. We don't want to practice spiritual disciplines. When faith is weak, you don't want to come to the house of God. You don't want to worship with God's people when faith is weak. You don't have any drive. You don't have any passion for the things of God when faith is weak. When faith is weak, you feel like nothing will ever change. You feel that your faith will never be strong again. You feel like you'll never get close to God when faith is weak. And as I said, we've all been there. There's been times in my life when my faith has been weak. Now let me say that uh, I can say that I don't think I've ever really doubted my salvation because I believe the Word of God settles that, that if you believe in Jesus, you're saved. But there's been times in my life where I've felt unworthy. Where I felt like, why would God ever use somebody like me knowing my imperfections, knowing my flaws, knowing every time I would sin, knowing every time I would mess up, why would God use somebody like me? My faith has grown weak and there's been times I've listened to the voice of the enemy and he's tried to bring condemnation and tried to bring guilt 
in times of weak faith. We've been there. But I've got good news this evening. The good news is that no matter how weak your faith is, God has the power to strengthen your faith. God has the power to revive you. God has the power to renew you and revive your faith. You can see that in Mark 9, 24, where a man prays, I believe, help my unbelief. You see it in Luke 22, 31 and 32, where Jesus prays that Peter's faith would be strengthened. Jesus told Peter, hey, you're going to fall, you're going to stumble, you're going to deny me, but I pray that your faith fail not. Listen, I'm glad that Jesus is praying for us, that there may be times we stumble, times that we fall, but he's praying that our faith will not fail. In fact, let me just say this, the reason that we've come this far in our journey is because he's praying that our faith will not fail. Our faith may be weak, but he's praying that our faith will not fail. So tonight, I want to share with you what to do when your faith is weak. Because I believe the one who spoke this world into existence, the one who raised Lazarus from the grave, the one who brought the walls of Jericho down and strengthened our faith in times of weakness. So what do you do when your faith is weak? Let me give you six things this evening. Number one, you need to ask Jesus to help your unbelief. Ask Jesus to help your unbelief. Ask Jesus to strengthen your faith. Look at Mark chapter 9, verse 24, just to give you context. You've got a father who has a son that's demon-possessed. The demon throws him in the water, throws him in the fire. The demon's trying to kill him. The disciples can't cast out the demon. But he brings him to Jesus. And Jesus tells him that if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. And here's what the father says. And straightway the father of the child cried out. And notice this. And he said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. He said, I believe, but help my unbelief. How did Jesus respond? He answered the man's prayer. He cast the demon out the boy. He helped the man when Jesus, when the man responded. You see, you don't need strong faith before Jesus will listen to you. This man said, I believe, but help my unbelief. And Jesus helped this man. You don't have to have strong faith before Jesus will listen to you. Just turn to Him as you are with your weak faith. Cry out to Him for help, and He will help you. Confess that your faith is weak. Ask Him to strengthen your faith. And because of His death on the cross, He'll love you, He'll welcome you, He'll forgive you, and He will strengthen your faith. You see, I'm glad that Jesus doesn't turn us away because our faith grows weak. But rather when we cry out to Him in weak faith, He helps us. But here's what you have to understand. The first step to receiving help is to admit you need help. But here's what I'm afraid of sometimes. We don't want to admit we need help. 
I'm afraid that many times we come to church and we act like we have it all together when in reality we're struggling. We come to church, we put the smile on our face, we've got our best on, and we put on a good show when deep down we're hurting and we're struggling. This ought to be a place where we can find help, but you've got to admit you need help. And when we go to God for help, He'll help us, even if we have to come with feeble faith. I'm thankful that God hears us when we have feeble faith. I'm glad it don't take great faith for God to hear me when I pray. But I can come to Him when I'm weak and feeble and don't feel like I can get a prayer through and God will still hear me. But so many people don't believe that. They think they've got to have great faith, faith enough to cast out demons, faith enough to work miracles before they can ever go to God. No. When you're feeble and when you're broken and when you're hurting, you can go to God and He'll still reach out and He'll still help. But you've got to ask for help. Amen? Look at Matthew 14, 25 to 31. This is Jesus walking on the water. It says, Jesus came toward them walking on the sea very early in the morning. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. Immediately Jesus spoke to them, Have courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Now notice what Peter does. Lord, if it's you, Peter answered, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. And climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand, caught hold of him, and said to him, You have little faith. Why did you doubt? Jesus, he's walking on the water, and Peter says, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you. In that moment, Peter's full of faith. Wouldn't you say he's full of faith? If it's you, tell me to get out of the boat, and I'll come. And what does Peter do? He gets out of the boat. Why? Because he's full of faith. But we know what happens next. He gets out of the boat. He's walking on the water, but he sees the waves. He sees the wind. He sees how strong they are. And great faith goes to weak faith. And he begins to sink. He begins to go under. But what does Peter do? He cries out, Lord save me. Great faith went to weak faith. But Peter cries out, Lord save me. And what does Jesus do? Does Jesus just sit back and watch him sink? Does Jesus just sit back and watch him go under and bobble up and down a few times? No. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught hold of him. Peter, in his weak faith, he cried out to Jesus, and Jesus rescued him. In your weak faith, you can cry out to Jesus, and He'll rescue you. I'm thankful for that. 
And in those moments when I don't feel like I can pray, sometimes all I have to do is say, Lord, save me. And He'll reach out. And He'll rescue. Sometimes the best prayer you can pray is just simply, Lord, help. It don't take much faith to say that, does it? Just, Lord, help. And watch Him reach out and help. So that's the first thing you do. You ask Jesus to help your weak faith. Ask Him to help your unbelief. But number two, here's the second thing you do. You have to read the Word of God. When your faith is weak, you need to spend time in the Word of God. Why is that? Because Paul tells us this in Romans 10, 17. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Paul tells us that as we hear the Word of God, faith comes. That as we hear the Word of God, God brings His power into our lives and strengthens our faith. Hear me tonight. Spending time in the Word of God will strengthen your faith tremendously. That when you open this book and you spend time reading it, studying it, meditating on it, it will strengthen your faith. It will revive your faith. Your faith will grow exponentially when you spend time in the Word of God. In fact, I would say the reason a lot of people's faith grows weak is because they have a lack of the Word in their life. You see, the Word of God, it will feed our faith and start our doubts. Let me say that again. The Word of God will feed our faith and starve our doubts. You see, the Word of God will remind us of God's promises and it will stir our faith to believe God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. You see, God speaks and He speaks through His Word. And as we take time to listen to His voice, our faith grows. You see, I've had people tell me, in my years of serving in ministry, why don't God speak to me? Well, it's hard to hear Him speak when this is closed all the time. Because this is the main way that God speaks. Listen, I know that we're Pentecostal. I know that we believe in the gifts of the Holy Ghost. But listen, the main way that God speaks is through His Word. And if you open this, you can find out the mind of God. You can find out the will of God. You can find out the direction that God wants you to go if you open the book. You see, the Bible is the supply line of faith. The Bible is the means by which our faith grows. Listen to what Jesus said in John 6, 63. The Spirit is the one who gives life. The flesh doesn't help at all. The words that I've spoken to you are spirit and life. Listen, there's life and power in this book. It's quick and powerful. It's alive. You've heard me say this before, that this is the only book that while you read it, it reads you. It'll change your life. I've also told you before that a lot of people don't want to read it because they're afraid of what God might say. We struggle with sin because we don't spend enough time in the Word. Thy Word have I hid in my heart that I might not what? Sin against thee. 
I believe that if we'll spend time in the Word of God, we'll be revived. We'll be refreshed. We'll be renewed. We'll be strengthened. Our faith will grow when we spend time in the Word of God. That's why it's important to read it for yourself. That's why it's important to come to the house of God and hear it preached. But thirdly, if we want our faith to grow, you've got to remember God's past faithfulness. When our faith is weak, you've got to remember God's past faithfulness. You see, when our faith is weak, we often doubt God's faithfulness. When our faith is weak, we wonder if God's going to come through for us again. That's why you've got to remember what God has done for you in the past. You see, when your faith is weak, the devil wants to come alongside of you and tell you that God's not going to do it for you again. But you've got to remember God's faithfulness. Listen to Psalm 78, verse 12 through 20. It says, Marvelous things He did in the sight of the fathers, in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zoan. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through, and He made the water stand up like a heap. In the daytime also he led them with the cloud and all the night with the light of fire. He split the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink in abundance like the depths. He also brought streams out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. But they sinned even more against him by rebelling against the Most High in the wilderness. And they tested God in their heart by asking for the food of their fancy. Yes, they spoke against God. They said, notice these words, Can God prepare a table in the wilderness? Behold the rock. He struck the rock so that the waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. Can He give bread also? Can He provide meat for His people? Verse 12 talks about He did marvelous things for them. But then you get down to verse 19 and 20 and they're saying, Can God? The nation of Israel seemed unable to remember all that God had done for them on their behalf. They'd forgotten how God had delivered them from Egypt by the plagues, how God parted the Red Sea, how He made the bitter waters of Marah pure, how He put their enemies on the run. And think about that. He fought their enemies without them having to lift a finger. He brought down the walls of Jericho. God had proven Himself to be God and to be all-powerful time and time again. And yet they were forgetful about His power. They'd seen Him work miracle after miracle. And yet they said, Can God? Can I tell you that describes us too often when our faith is weak? Let me ask you this evening, how many times has God come through for you? How many times has God moved mountains in your life or part of the waters in your life? How many times has God helped you in your affliction and in your suffering? How many times has God brought peace to your storm? How many times has God met your need or done the impossible and proven Himself to be God for you? And yet how many times have we forgotten all about what God did yesterday when the trial and storm comes today? You see, in moments of doubt, in moments of weak faith, We do just like the Israelites and we say, can God, when He's already done so many times before. But that's what weak faith does. 
it causes us to doubt the faithfulness of God. It causes us to forget that God has been good to us in the past. You see, weak faith somehow causes us to have spiritual amnesia. When our faith grows weak, somehow we tend to forget the blessings of God and the goodness of God in our lives. I want to say to us tonight that we need to take a look back this evening and remember all the things God has done for us. Because none of us would be here had God not been good to us and had God not been faithful to us. Listen, God has been good and God has been faithful and God has brought us this far. And I believe if God has brought us this far, God will take us the rest of the way. Amen? God has been faithful and He always will be faithful. And if your faith is weak this evening, you need to take some time to remember the faithfulness of God in the past that He has been there to meet the need. He has been there to calm the storm. He has been there to give you victory and triumph over every enemy. He has been there to see you through. He has been there to meet every need and bring, meet every promise in your life. God has been faithful. We've got to take some time to remember that God has always come through. That's the only thing that's going to keep us going is remembering that if God's done it before, He'll do it again. Because here's the thing right now, you might not have the faith to believe the way you want to believe. You just got to know that if He's done it, He'll do it again. And that's how you keep going. Amen? That's how you keep going, knowing that God's done it before and He'll do it again. Which leads me to number four. You've got to trust God's promises. You see, weak faith not only causes us to doubt the faithfulness of God, it causes us to doubt the promises of God. But can I remind you that God always keeps His promises? That God is always faithful to do what He said He would do. You see, I know we're living in days where you can't trust everybody's word. We're living in days where a handshake isn't good enough anymore. In fact, we're living in days where contracts aren't good anymore. But we have a God who always keeps His word. Everything God has promised, He does. Look at some, let's look at some scripture. Romans 4.21. Talking about Abraham. It says he was fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to do. Are you convinced that what God's promised, he's able to do? You need to be convinced. You need to know with absolute certainty that what God has promised, he's able to do. Hebrews 6, 18, it says, So that through two unchangeable things, notice this, in which it is impossible for God to lie. There's some things that are impossible for God to do, and it says right here, it is impossible for God to lie. Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he might lie, or a son of man that he might change his mind. Does he speak and not act or promise and not fulfill? Titus 1-2 says, In the hope of eternal life that God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. 
God cannot lie. He cannot tell a lie. That means He's faithful. He's trustworthy. That means what He's promised, He'll make good on it. And as we read this book, God's given us great and precious promises. That means God's going to fulfill those promises. And I want to say, it doesn't take great faith to see the promises of God fulfilled. All it takes is a measure of faith, even weak faith, in a great God to see the promises of God fulfilled. Because what did Jesus say? Faith the size of a mustard seed can move mountains. So you might be here tonight and you've got weak faith thinking because you've got weak faith you can't see the promises of God fulfilled. It don't take a lot of faith to see the promises of God fulfilled. It just takes faith in a great God. That's all that matters. In fact, let me say this. God keeps His promises because He's faithful and trustworthy. And so even when our faith is weak, we can trust that God will keep His promises because He's reliable. So if your faith is weak, trust the promises of God because God will come through and He will honor His Word. But number five, lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. Proverbs 3 and 5 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. When our faith is weak, we do our very best to try to understand everything that God's doing. When our faith is weak, we want answers. But can I tell you, that's the opposite of trusting God. That's the opposite of living by faith. But here's the thing. You want to know why many of us have difficulty and heartache in life? It's because we lean on our own understanding. That's why we often suffer like we do. Instead of trusting God, we're leaning on our own understanding. As I said, it's our nature to want answers. It's our nature to want to figure things out. We want God to show us the whole picture. We want God to give us all the answers up front. But if you're going to trust God, you can't trust your own understanding as well. You see, most of us, we, want, we have a desire to understand. But in so many areas, we have to acknowledge that we can't understand. You see, we've got to accept God's ways and approve of God's ways even when we can't comprehend them. Here's what the prophet Isaiah says. For my thoughts are not your thoughts and your ways are not my ways. This is the Lord's declaration. For as heaven is higher than earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God doesn't operate like we do. He sees the whole picture. 
and we only see our little tiny corner of it. God knows what's way down the road and we only see this very present moment. And if we're going to trust in the Lord with all our heart, we can't place our right to understand above His right to direct our lives the way He sees fit. You see, when we insist on God always making sense to our finite minds, our human minds, we're setting ourselves up for spiritual trouble. In other words, if you think you've got to always figure God out, you're headed for trouble. You're going to be on shaky ground. Your life's going to be a roller coaster if you think you've got to figure God out and how He works in your life. In fact, let me say this. We're not called to live on explanations. We're called to live by promises. God's never called us to live by explanations, Sister Mary. We're called to live by promises. Called to live by faith. Because I never read anywhere in this book where God told me He's going to explain everything to me. And here's the thing. I know people say when they get to heaven they're going to ask God all kinds of things. Listen, you may or you may not get the chance to ask God anything when you get to heaven. I don't know. You still may not have everything answered when you get to heaven. But while you're on this side of heaven, you live by faith and you trust the promises of God. And you don't rely on your own understanding. You see, we've got to learn how to simply trust God instead of trusting ourselves. In fact, let me say this. It's insane to trust our limited understanding when we can trust the unlimited understanding of God. How many believe God knows best? But yet sometimes we think we know best. Abraham thought he knew best and Sarah knew best, so take Hagar and maybe God will have 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 a son that way. Well, now you've got all kinds of mess over there in the Middle East because of that decision. They lean to what? Their own understanding because God wasn't moving quick enough. And isn't that what we do? Our faith grows weak, so we try to fix it. Our faith grows weak, and we try to move ahead of God instead of trusting in Him with all our heart. You see, we've got to make a decision whether we're going to live our lives according to personal preference or according to the unchanging Word of God. In other words, you've got to choose to trust Him rather than trust yourself. But when faith is weak, we'd rather look to self than God. Now, I, know about, I don't know about you, but I know about me. I've gotten myself in some messes. Because I thought I knew better than God did. I leaned upon my own understanding. But here's the thing, when your faith is weak, 
You've got to trust God knowing that all things work together for good. When you can't comprehend what God is doing, when you don't know what He's up to, you just got to trust Him. Don't lean on your understanding and just know, hey, God's working all things together for good. Let me give you my final point here. You've got to rely on the Holy Spirit. When faith is weak, you need to rely on the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit, He's our comforter. He's our strength. And when our faith is weak, we have to learn how to yield to Him. We have to learn how to surrender to His work in our lives. Because here's the thing, when your faith is weak, He's trying to work in your life. And even when you feel as though He isn't working, He is working. You see, when you hit those low moments in your life, when, you, when, you, when you're doubting God and you're questioning God, listen, the Holy Spirit's still trying to work in your life and do something in your life. Here's what Paul said in Romans 8, 26, 27. He says, In the same way the Spirit also helps us in our weakness, because we do not know what to pray for as we should, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. See, when our faith is weak, we don't know how to pray as we ought to pray. In fact, when our faith is weak, there may be times you don't even want to pray. I've been there. Paul tells us the Holy Spirit, He'll come alongside of us and He'll help us in our weakness. That the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. That He goes to work on our behalf and He prays according to the will of God for us. Listen, I'm not talking about just tongues. But the Holy Spirit prays with unspoken groanings. That when you don't know how to form the words and you're just sitting there in silence and you don't know what to say to God, the Holy Spirit's praying. That when all you can do is just sit there in silence sometimes and all you can do is say, God, I don't know what to say. I don't feel like being here. The Holy Spirit's working. You have to believe that. How many has been there? Where you try to pray and you just, listen, you, you, listen, you ain't got an ounce of fervor in you. You ain't got an ounce of passion in you. And you're just saying, God, I don't know what to say to you. I don't feel like being here. In those moments, you got to believe the Holy Spirit's interceding. That's what Paul says. You don't know what to say. You don't know how to get a prayer through. You don't know how to touch heaven. But listen, the Holy Ghost knows how to touch heaven on your behalf. I'm thankful that if I don't know what to do, Brother Lynn, Holy Spirit knows what to do. Now, when I don't know what to say, He knows what to say. And when I ain't got no goosebumps, when I ain't got no chills running up down my spine, when I can't feel a thing, the Holy Ghost knows how to get a hold of God. And I have to trust that. 
And when I feel like I can't go on, when I feel like tossing in the towel, when I feel like giving up, I have to rely on the Holy Ghost. Now he knows how to get a hold of God on my behalf. Let me just say this. I've not come this way in my own strength. I've not come this far because I've been good. I've not come this far because I picked myself up by my bootstraps. I've come this far because I've got a helper on the inside of me that when I can't do it, he knows what to do. He gets me through my times of weaknesses. He gets me through my dry season. He gets me through those times when I feel like I can't do it. But let me just say this before we close. Not only do I have the help of the Holy Ghost, I've got a Savior, an advocate, sitting at the right hand of the Father that's also praying for me. Hebrews 7.25 says, Therefore he is able to save completely or save to the uttermost those who come to God through him since he always lives to intercede for them. While Jesus was on this earth, he prayed that Peter's faith not fail, but guess what? He's up in heaven at the right hand of God, interceding for you and is interceding for me. Listen, with the Holy Ghost interceding for us and with Jesus interceding for us, we can make it. Amen. In closing, is your faith weak? Are you here tonight maybe struggling with doubt? Maybe maybe your walk with God is not where you want it to be and you're struggling. I'll be honest with you. Past month or so, I've I've had some moments of, of weakness and struggles. I want God to revive me. I want God to work in my life. And here's what I've come to the conclusion of. We've got to stop coming to church and going through the routine. We've got to stop coming to church, going through the motions, and acting like everything's okay when it's not okay. I don't know why it is people will come to church and you give an altar call and they need prayer and they'll not move. Part of it is because there's too much judgment in the church. And if you get up and go to the altar, people's going to look and say, well, what they've done this week. Well, let me just say this. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. If anybody's walked a straight line from last Sunday to this Sunday, God bless you. But if you live in a flesh and blood body like I do and you need help, I believe when it comes time for prayer, we need to get in the altar and we need to pray.
But here's the thing, we've gotten good at fooling people. Listen, you won't fool God. But we come to church, we go through the routine, we put on our Sunday best, put a smile on our face, act like everything's okay, but then we wonder why nobody gets changed. It's because you don't admit you need change. And you'll never be changed until you admit you need changing. If we walk in here every week thinking that somehow we've arrived and we never have any room to grow, then week after week we'll always leave the same way we show up. But I believe that week that week after week people come here, they're struggling, they're broken, and they have weak faith. But they won't admit they're struggling. Marriages are struggling, homes are struggling, but people won't move. And if you want to stay where you are, God will let you stay where you are. Because here's what I'll say. In the church of Laodicea, when he's knocking on the door, listen, he's not beating the door down. He says, if any man invite me in, if any man hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in. He's not going to kick the door down. But if you won't change and you're willing to say, I need change, He'll meet you where you are. If you're willing to cry out, Lord, help me, like Peter did, He'll, he'll reach out and pick you up. And so I want us to go to the Lord in prayer. And I believe there are some people here tonight, maybe you're struggling. Your walk with God isn't what you want it to be. You're not as close maybe as you have been in the past. Your faith is not as strong as it once was. And and you just want God to touch you, revive you, to help you. I believe it's as simple as saying, Lord, I need help. And He'll move in your life. He'll meet you where you are. Would you stand with me?